get started, I just realized that Sabrina and I never really did an intro, so this is the intro. Actually, when I called Sabrina on Skype, we just started chatting about different things until we realized we actually had to record something for the podcast. You know, we had scheduled some time and dedicated to Sabrina's episode. We just got a little sidetracked. Um, but yeah, let's get right to it. Uh, here is Sabrina's episode on heritage. Yeah, I think growing up in Britain, it hasn't actually been that bad in terms of I know people um, in other countries, their upbringing and the things that they have access to is not as easy as how I have access to things in um, England, such as like education and healthcare. So I am grateful for those kind of things and the fact that freedom of speech whether it's a good or bad thing is it we do have freedom of speech in England um and again like it could be um worse in terms of being um Caribbean so um my mom's pet my mom's parents um both Jamaican um my mom's um mom she is half syrian half um jamaican so my great grandfather is jamaican um syrian mm. and my auntie was doing some digging and i think she managed to trace him back to like the middle east oh so, wow um that is interesting i would like to know a lot more about that kind of side of my family yeah I'm me too <laughs> in terms of actually trying to find out where i come from i just know that um my great grandfather was Syrian and everybody else is Jamaican. It is, I really feel like I need to put more of an active effort into um, finding out who I am. Wait, um, I'm going to just pause you right there just to make a point. Um, you know how there are ads of uh, what's it called? I'm blanking, right? I'm blaming the heat for this. Is it the DNA ancestry kits? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. So I'm, I, I know we talked about this before, but. Um, there have been a lot of complaints. Mostly people of color have said, hey, listen, I've paid for this service to trace my ancestry, but you don't have any results. And their reply was, oh, we just don't have enough data of people of color. So it's it's typically white people that have signed up for these services. But it's in reality, it's also because in the past, a lot of efforts were gone toward tracking and preserving like white history. <laughs> that, yeah. That's why. Yeah, um, and I, there was an active effort in trying to erase ours. Yeah, exactly. So when you mentioned like, um, oh, I want to get to know my ancestry and history a lot more, well, actually her story, let's say that more, like how are you trying, how would you go about doing that? I think that's why I haven't actually tried because I just think the moment you start looking into like, your aunt history I can don't don't um get at me with pronouncing things I really can't pronounce words to save my life um <laughs> yeah my auntie tried and you just yeah. don't know where to start because it's like with the DNA kits you type it in into google and about 50 odd results come back and it's like which one's credible which one right. do I use? and I feel like if I was to do it um, I would have to probably take about three different ones just to see if the same results come back. I think it's one of those where you'll have to try multiple things just to compare and see if your results are actually legit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think I would try. I think I would do that. I know my auntie has done it. 
one of my aunties but I don't know what her results were I think that might be something that I dig into for this season is figuring out what she actually came back with and then my other auntie um, the one that was like tracing my great grandfather I think she even I think is it my granddad's side of the family or the McKetty name I feel like she traced our um the McKetty name back to Scotland um, oh wow okay say that people with like mck at the start of their name like mucks their um is usually a scottish kind of last name yeah, yeah, yeah so um that's what she's been doing for like my mom's side of the family um but then my dad's side of the family yeah i don't know much about them apart from they um they're all jamaican my dad was born in jamaica and I think he came to England um, when he was really young, probably like between, I say really young, between nine and 13, even though that's like a big gap. But um, I know that he came around that time. Um, and my grandparents on both sides of the family, they actually lived, they knew each other back in Jamaica. So when my mum's um, parents came to England, um the house that is still there um in Wolverhampton um my mom grew up there but then my dad moved in next door when his family came from Jamaica um oh wow they knew they knew each other from being in Jamaica so it wasn't like they were living next door to strangers and oh lucky I was speaking to my dad about it the other day and he says it was funny because my mom is one of five girls but yeah. her oldest sister, um, so this, the first, the eldest one lived in Jamaica, my auntie Bev, and then my mum was the second eldest. Um, so it was my mum and her three younger sisters that lived in Wolverhampton. And then when my dad moved in next door, it was my dad and his um, brothers and sisters. So it was like four boys living next to four girls. <laughs> they were all pretty much like in line in terms of their age. Um, so my mom and my dad were the eldest of their siblings and then they kind of went down in ages so um, it is it is weird but they kind of like dated each other if that makes sense so like my aunties yeah. they uncles literally uh, and That's so funny yeah even to the point even to the point where my auntie Pat on my mom's side mm-hmm. and my uncle Tony on my dad's side <laughs> they dated each other for a period of time and had my cousin Keela. So like whenever I describe it to people, they're literally confused because my cousin Keela is related to me on both sides of my family. <laughs> what a lucky coincidence. Yeah. Hey. So yeah, um, it would be interesting to know more. Like when I speak to my dad and he describes what Jamaica's like and whenever I speak to people about Jamaica, they're like, oh, it's such an amazing country and such a nice place to visit. And people are shocked. They're like, oh, you've never been to Jamaica. And it's like, it's not down the road. It's... <laughs> Ocean away. Yeah, it costs money to go to another country. Like, it's expensive to go there. And it hasn't, even though that is my heritage, it's yeah. not at the top of my list to go to to Jamaica. And I think that's probably because just growing up in England, it's like even though um, my family, like we do celebrate Jamaican Independence Day, which was yesterday, Ooh. and um, like they, we are active in kind of um, celebrating our culture. Um, 
being so far away from Jamaica and being in England, I've just seen it as I'm from Jamaica, but I, at the moment I live I live in England and I don't really. Do you have some people see like the country of their heritage as their home? Yeah. It's like I don't I don't see that as my home. It's just the country that my family originate from. So um, I've never and because I've never been, I've never had that tie to the country. And mm-hmm. with my interests and things, my hobbies and interests, it's like there's a lot of places that I would I would rather go and visit, even though I do want to go and see Jamaica. I think the need to go there isn't as strong as like other people in my family. But that's because I know that a lot of people in my family have been. So once like once they've gone, I know that when they come back, it's like they wish they could go again. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Well, you know, like when people make fun of the UK or like, well, people like make make fun of like countries, right? Yeah. Um, but but I think I think sometimes like for me when people make fun of the US, I'm kind of like, yeah, that's fine. But I think like. When it goes a little too far, I'm like, wait, um, have you lived there? No, then shut up. No, not often, but sometimes. So like when people make fun of Jamaica or the UK, like, um, wait, what are you doing? Like, do you feel patriotic for those two countries? Only Jamaica, which is weird. <laughs> like one of the UK is just like, um, well, I didn't really choose to be here. Uh, <laughs> it's not really my choice. Um my grandparents um, came in, I think it was 1959. Mm. Um, so they came here to work. And obviously when people come from Jamaica, they usually come from Jamaica to England to work and like live the best life that they can live. I don't know who went to Jamaica and, well, who went to Jamaica? The British went to Jamaica and colonised Jamaica. That's what bloody happened. Mm. And out like England was like the holy grail of where you should be and that everything is perfect in England and I do find that a lot of people in Jamaica still have that misconception that England is amazing I understand that our healthcare is um, better and education to some degree is better but it's like the pedestal that they put this country on it's like it's it doesn't doesn't deserve to be there and um it's like when I used to work I used to work in this Caribbean grocery store called Home From Home that was like where I had my first proper job and a lot of um the customers were Jamaican and um you would get some people that come from Jamaica especially like um younger people and they came here to work and they were still sending money like back to Jamaica to like look after their family or to provide for their family um, but the jobs that they were doing over here, it's just like, these aren't the jobs that I know you had in mind. Like a lot would be carers and doing work like that. And it's like, what kind of, I, it's hard to describe. It's like you put, you're, you're in your country and you think, oh, I'm going to move to this country for a better life. And it's like, you get here and you realize that this is not, this is not the dream that you were sold. It's still, but at the same time, it's like, you can't really complain because it's, it's, it's not as bad as it could be, but at the same time, it's not what you thought it was. And that's what I, I feel like a lot of um, Jamaican people feel um, when they come over here and have to do these kind of these kind of jobs. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people work hard and they really do build themselves up. And I think those are the kind of people that when you speak to them, um, they probably wouldn't move back to Jamaica or they would just 
have like a holiday house over there but they wouldn't actually live there yeah i think the grass always seems better on the other side yeah you know uh well you kind of mentioned this but um how do you think others see you and how do you see yourself um i think deep question (laughs) i think i just see myself as as me i know that i'm caribbean and i know that i'm british i don't try and ignore that so I, i was born in i was born in england i can't deny that i'm british it's like even even if my whole family um we're all caribbean it's just like at the end of the day i was still born in england so i'm not gonna deny that i am british i may not like the fact that i'm british but i'm not gonna ignore it or act like that's not that's not a part of me in terms of like british culture i i i i identify with my caribbean culture a lot more because what is what is british culture this this is not really britain doesn't really have much culture so i do identify more with my caribbean culture um I think when people view view me or see me, I think they don't know what what to view me as. And the reason why I say this is because um, when I was uh, when I was uh, playing um, football, um, someone um, who I used to play with, um, I think I must have been away or something at the time when they were having new recruit recruit, mm-hmm. and there was like um, a black girl that joined. Um, the team and um the girl in question um i think she was half asian half white um mm. don't quote me on that i'm not 100 i'm certain uh, <laughs> it's on record now i'm not 100 certain but yeah. um i know she was dual heritage being politically politically correct here yeah um, <laughs> and she turned to me and said oh um oh brie um we're not the uh, only brown girls on the team anymore or something like that um there's um a black girl that's joined um the team but then oh. she, along the lines of saying that she was like full black and i turned to the girl and it was like so what do you think i am and she was like oh you're you're mixed like me i was like no i'm not <laughs> says I'm, I'm full black both my parents are, are black huh. and surprise she like I've been playing at this point was on the same team for about two years and she oh, wow. did not know that I was that I was full black and I think that's the impression that a lot of people get when they see me is that um I must be mixed with another race like they know that I've got black in me but they're just not quite sure how much <laughs> they got black in me <laughs> um and yeah. I think I mentioned this before um but when I was at uni and I was I went to like this Halloween party and um it was actually a, a black guy that approached me. Oh, I remember this, yeah. And was just like, You're not you're not black. And I was I was really confused because I just saw <laughs> I was looking at him and the worst thing about it was um he was black and his complexion was lighter than mine. And I was just like, how <laughs> tell me what I am and he actually proceeded to have an argument with me over my race and I just had to walk away because I thought this is actually ridiculous and then I would say that I think one one day um there was like a group of because they the old ladies that don't understand the concept of a queue um <laughs> and stand in front of the <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. So I was like serving one lady and there was two other ladies next to her because we all the like small bits of food that have been cut up that can't really go back in the box because they're too small. We used to leave them on the counter um, and people would come and pick and choose what they wanted. So, um, and that's where the old ladies used to gather around the till. So I'm there trying to wait for it to serve a lady and she's there having like a mother's meeting with two other old ladies. And then they're laughing and joking um, about um, what food to cook on the weekend. And one lady was like, oh, I can't buy all of, see if I buy this food, it goes to waste because my grandchildren don't um, eat this food. Um, Being born in England, they don't, um, they don't know nothing about Jamaican food. And then she laughed and looked at me and she goes, oh, you, you, um, your generation don't eat this kind of food. And at this point, I think I'd been working there for about two years at that point. And I just, I had the time that day and I laughed back and I says, Maybe your grandchildren, but my nan didn't raise me like that. I've been eating Jamaican food since I was a baby. I don't have a choice. My nan doesn't cook British food. Mm -hmm. I only eat Jamaican food. So, yes, I do eat yam. Yes, I do eat breadfruit. And, yes, I do eat pumpkin. And she shut her mouth. I thought, don't assume that because I'm young and I speak with a British accent and I wasn't born in Jamaica that I don't know my culture and I don't eat the food. And she carried on with her shopping. I thought, maybe maybe you want to... um, to dilute your culture to your grandchildren but my my nan didn't raise me like that and a lot of them are surprised um to the point that when I went to union I used to come back and do a few shifts there you could tell the growth between like with the customers to the point where when a new person started all the customers were saying to the new person we don't want to be served by you they wanted to be served by me and (laughs) oh my god the newbie and I was just like don't worry that is ha- that's what they did to me you'll get used to it. <laughs> start coming to you and because I was so little as well yeah. uh, they never used to think that I had the strength to cook the food like um I got the nickname Hercules because <laughs> um I was cutting some pump- a guy asked for like a pumpkin and pumpkin is really hard to cut and it's not like the yellow, do you know, not yellow. Do you know like how you get the orange skin pumpkin? It's oh, not, yeah. Not that pumpkin. Um, I can't even remember what country it comes from. But um, the skin on it is like um, a mint kind of colour, like a grey kind of light green. Like it was really pale looking on the outside. It's really tough. And okay. um, I already mastered the technique on how you're supposed to cut the pumpkin on the counter because you have to put your weight behind it. Um, especially with how small I am so this guy came in and he looked he asked for pumpkin and when I picked it up to cut it he was like and all the men they always try and take the knife so they can cut the food but we have a policy you're a customer if you take a knife and you get caught on our premises we're we're liable like it's health and safety only staff are supposed to like use the knives so um, I moved the knife out of the way so we couldn't take it. And I said, sorry, but um, it's our policy. Like, you can't um, you can't use it. And then the girl I worked with, this black girl I worked with, she was like, um, leave her alone. Um, she's strong enough to um, cut it. And because um, she'd been working there for years, she knew the customer. And she was like, have some faith in her. So we stood there and watched me. And I managed to, like, um, cut the... Um, the um, pumpkin open but then it didn't split um automatically so I like had to like pray apart to split it 
And then he was so surprised that I cut the pumpkin. And then I got nicknamed Hercules after that because he was just surprised at how I was able to do it. <laughs> but that shock in terms of like culture and just kind of learning more, uh, more, more so about like the food and like where different um, food comes from. I think that's what the um, working in that shop did. But then also um, it kind of brought me, I would say, closer to Jamaica in terms of interacting with the customers and learning a lot more about it. But then it showed me the ignorance as well. Definitely the ignorance. I just thought, wow, you can be so judgmental. And I, re- I found that the judgment came from the older generation, not the younger generation. Mm, yeah, that is, yeah, that is surprising. Um, so whenever you go through a lot, I mean, like stuff like this happens now, you know, and it's, it's happened in the past. So how do you unwind? Oh, when I, when I used to work in the, in home from home, I used to rant. So it used to be when the shop was quiet, um, just ranting to like the, like the person who owned the shop about the customer and she'd have to. She'd have to calm me down and she'd be like, yeah, but you know, they're like that with everyone. Yeah. Um, because everyone experienced it, experienced it, especially as um, more young staff started working there. It was just, I don't know, like you can't, if you, if you can't take the, the abuse, I we always used to joke and call it abuse. If you couldn't take the abuse in home from home, you couldn't work anywhere. And I think that shop really did give me like a backbone. So when I moved to Sheffield and I like worked in a bar or did care work, I just thought to myself, in terms of customer service, you'll never meet a ruder customer than an old Jamaican black lady. Never. (laughs) So like I really developed like such a resilience to it. But then... um, because I I started working in the shop because my nan used to shop there um, since it opened. So all the old ladies as well, a lot of them used to know my nan. Um, and my nan would come in on a Saturday. So I went from being the little girl that used to carry her nan shopping to the little girl kind of working behind the till. Um, so when um, my um, boss would be like, oh, you know, that's Miss Max's granddaughter. The way that they would like their whole persona would change and it was like now you've just gained respect for me just because you know my nan but you would never have had that respect if you didn't know that's who she was um but then um when i went to when i was going through loads of different stuff at uni i was in wolverhampton is a small place so everybody talks so when my mom passed away everybody knew about it when my auntie and my nan passed away everybody knew about it and another thing that um, black people don't have is tact. They're not tactful. <laughs> so they used to come in and, oh, my gosh. It was like, oh, so your mother dead. And it was like, yeah, my mom did pass away. That's not exactly how you, I want you to drop it to me. But, yeah, she did. And that is just how black people are. They've got no tact. And I never took it as offence because just hearing, the old, especially with the older generation, the way they used to talk about death was like it was second nature. So being around, being in that environment and hearing how they used to talk about death, it used to, like, get to me, but I never found it offensive just because I'd, I've grown up with my nan speaking the same way. So it was like it was nothing to me. 
but the like the love and support that you would receive at the same time um like when i was going to university um one of the old ladies um that always used to come and do her shopping she gave me a card with some money to go to university um another lady always used to call me a granddaughter or daughter and just like you get the customers that you're just so close with and it really is like a sense of family like within the staff um there was definitely um home from home is literally what it says it is your like second home and because I used to work in the shop so much it was um yeah it was just a sense of but it was just a sense of um belonging and at the age I am now, I've lived in Sheffield almost six years now. And going back um, into the shop, um, I always go into the shop whenever I'm in Wolverhampton. Um, and I'll see customers that um, remember me from when I was little, when I used to work in there. And they can't believe how much I've grown. They'll ask me about my life in Sheffield. Mm. Some of them will joke, like, oh, you've left us for the northerners. You don't want to... You don't want to- <laughs> anymore but just the way that there's that real sense of like caring and like really wanting you to succeed I definitely did feel that at the same time um and when I've heard that like certain customers because obviously a lot of them are old have passed away it's just like wow like you don't really kind of you never expect it, even though you know you know that's coming because I worked there when I was young and they were they were pretty old like um I'm 20, 25 this year and home from home, I think. And I started there when I was about 16. So it's almost been about 10 years. <laughs> We're 10 years next year since, I, since I've like been affiliated with that shop in terms of like working there. Um, but in terms of bringing me closer to my culture, um, I would say um, outside of my house, that was the closest that I got, which is funny because when you go to school, they teach you about all the crud that the British Empire did. Well, no, they don't teach you what they did. The good bits that they want to highlight. Teach you about World War One, World War Two. For a bit of diversity, they teach you about the Holocaust. And that is that is about it. Whereas at school, it's just like for what for the impact Britain had on the world, there is a lot more that you need to be educating us on. Uh, instead of don't just highlight your achievements what about all the other things that you've done what about all the other countries that you've broken down like in in school they rob us from our history and it's like if you're going to teach British history at least teach it properly (laughs) yeah definitely needs to change um okay well thanks for sharing your thoughts and to be continued yes until next time (laughs) 